0: Well, hello there. It is good to see you again and welcome back to the OKR Cohort video and podcast series. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. It is great to be back with you again this morning. And as always, we have the stars of our show in Miss Denise Canfield and Mr. Nazar Koja, the co-founders of OKR Cohort. And on this show, we're going to be tackling another big challenge that's facing so many organizational leaders and thought leaders out there in today's business world. And we're going to be, you know, really talking through a specific solution that'll cut right through the challenge at hand today and why it's a solution how it works as a solution and then how of course it can be implemented for you and your business so first and foremost let's go ahead and bring nazar and denise out uh before we get right into the heart of the conversation nazar denise it's good to see you this morning how are you both doing hi ryan
1: good to see you too
2: good morning ryan great to see you this morning doing awesome
0: yeah, always always good to be back with you guys. Excited about today's topic. This is a good one, and boy, is it becoming just such a prevalent topic these days with customer service, customer experience at the top of mind. So, Nazar, why don't you frame things up, paint the picture for us here today? What is this big challenge that you're seeing so many organizations, you know, dealing with?
1: Thank you, Ryan. Uh, the challenge we are talking about today is that a customer don't receive a products that truly deliver in value based on their needs. We see that organizations are prioritizing delivery of the features, products, and services over the value it provides to the customer. They're only focused on getting it done rather than listening and understanding their customers.
0: Yeah, prioritizing delivery over that idea of of really providing value. I'm sure so many members out there in our audience can relate to this issue in some way, shape, or form. Denise, frame it up to us. Let's dive a little bit deeper here. What's the why? Why would you say this is such a problem in the first place?
2: That's the heart of it, right, Ryan? Uh, When customers aren't receiving the products they expect or the services they expect, it has a variety of implications. Uh, First, they aren't receiving them in a timely manner. So whether it's because they heard from a sales rep or they thought something was going to be released at a certain time and it's not, they feel like they're not receiving something that the company promised. So they're not getting that, that valuable delivery of the product or service on time. Um, In the customer's eyes, they see the delivery of new features, products and services that they can't use for their own purpose as a delivery of the wrong thing. So the company thinks it's delivering the right thing and the customer feels like they're not being heard and they're getting the wrong thing. And in some cases, they even see those new features that they can't use as bloating the product or decreasing the overall value because it causes them more work. They've got to learn a new thing that isn't delivering the value that they were hoping to get. So it's it's a real challenge.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And Nazar... And I- as we typically like to do on the show, we love to talk about the ripple effect, right? Because every challenge, every problem that faces an organization will always have a ripple effect. It'll touch the different, you know, the customers, the the employees, it'll touch different parts of an organization. So talk to us. What is this big ripple effect and and what do you see it doing to the lives of the people involved in the organization as a whole?
1: Thanks, Brian. Uh this leads to complete customer dissatisfaction and lack of trust with the with the organization. So we see Customers canceling products and services or leaving the organization entirely. The bleeding of customers is noticed in the market and the word gets out, so it's harder to sign with new customers. Denise, what you have noticed inside companies when this occurs?
2: Yeah, obviously customers are impacted, Nazar, but employees are also impacted, right? Especially, In this case, your customer-facing employees, like your sales teams, and they end up getting discouraged and leaving the organization because the products and services they sold weren't being delivered to their customers, and they have really tight relationships with their customers. So overall, this leads to a lack of trust within their organization. They start to not believe what they're being told about products and services that will be delivered. So it's that whole roadmap confidence issue that our salespeople have to deal with and they are out there on the front line so they feel like it's their personal reputation not just the company reputation but it's their personal reputation that's being damaged because they are the face of the organization it was their word that got the customer to sign up and when we are unable to deliver the value that that customer is looking for they feel like they're personally letting people down. And it's not just the employees, right? It's your leaders, it's your managers within the organization. This happens because those leaders are suddenly pulled into firefight and and keep customers from leaving, right? They're going on sales calls to justify issues or decisions being made. They have to help close uh, tougher deals or promise future deliveries. And so they're not there to help their employees. So there's this avalanche of a lack of confidence from the outside in that's impacting both employees and leaders and really causing them to leave, leave right? You're bleeding your talent.
0: Yeah, I, I, I like the word that you just utilized there, Denise, avalanche. That ripple effect, boy, can it become an avalanche in this issue when you're not delivering that value. But I want to flip the script now and, and talk about – you know, how how life could just be so much better for organizations as a whole if they could, you know, truly address this issue. So, Nizar, my question to you is, what does life look like for an organization that is able to deliver on that value, you know, in a timely manner, you know, to achieve everything that they're hoping for for their customers? How could life be so much
1: better? Ryan, it seems obvious to us. If you deliver a value customer need, the customer loves you. They receive products and services that truly value to their organization. They feel that their voice is heard and embedded by the organization throughout the development process. There is an enhanced customer experience and loyalty that your organization builds with the customer. And and you know you have won because customers are referring others to your organization and you are bringing on new customers. Then is, how is it better inside the organization?
2: Well, Nizar, I think at the heart of it, it's fun again, right? So employees are are happy. They're they're fully and completely connected to the customer needs. So they know we're delivering what we said we were gonna deliver. And when that happens, you just feel better about everything that you're doing. They um, are able to pursue new customers and develop new relationships, right? They have more bandwidth because they're spending that time with the customers on the relationship on delivering what we said we would deliver instead of firefighting. On top of that, as an employee, you have improved efficiency and effectiveness just across the board, right? When we're happy, when we're doing what we love, when we're excited about what we're doing, when we feel like we're doing what we said we were going to do, we just have more energy for everything else. Um, And this ends up with an increased level of personal satisfaction within their own organization. And of course, it impacts our leaders, right? They have that ability now to focus on people, both development and relationships with their um, employees and everyone in the organization, instead of having to solve those customer dissatisfaction issues. And what does this mean? You know, we've heard so many times that relationship is key, both with customers and with our employees. And you've probably heard that people don't people quit people, people don't quit companies. And I think that's really true, right? People crave leadership and that relationship with their manager is absolutely crucial. They want growth and development, which can only happen when leaders can focus on leading instead of firefighting. And when they're help- when le- leaders are helping their employees grow personally and professionally, they are also happy and they stay longer, which in effect, has that continuity of leadership and people that really help an organization grow. You avoid those high costs of turnover that can come um, when people are dissatisfied. So look, it's fun. People stick around longer and you see growth happening within your organization.
0: Yeah. Denise, it's a pretty bright picture that you guys painted right there. And while we talk about the negative ripple effect or rather that avalanche that you mentioned that can happen when you know, the challenge becomes a real problem. There's also the flip side to it. If you are adequately addressing, boy, does that ripple effect become a positive turn of events for the organization. So, really interesting challenge we're talking about today. And one thing that I think is always important is for us to zoom out for a second from this issue. And talk to our audience a little about yourselves and what it is that OKR Cohort does and and how this is so intertwined in the challenges that we discuss here on this show. So, Denise, could you paint the picture for us of, you know, a little bit about yourselves and how OKR Cohort works with organizations to address challenges just like these?
2: Absolutely, Ryan. Look, leaders hire us to help them shift the focus of their organization to delivering value to customers, which is the heart of what we're talking about today. And this happens when they quit looking only at activities and learn to obsess on outcomes. It ensures that they are getting the right things done and that their people are talking results, right? So they are just literally craving this focus on outcomes, and we help them deliver that. Nazar, can you share a little bit about the OKR framework?
1: Thanks, Denise. Uh, OKRs, or objective and key results, are popular goal-setting framework that help organizations align their work with their overall strategy. In a customer-centric organization, the focus of OKRs would be ensuring that the needs and wants of the customers are being met.
0: I appreciate you kind of painting that picture on how, where OKR cohort stands in relationship to these challenges that we chat about on the show. And, and with regard to today's challenge, this idea of, of, organizations prioritizing delivery rather than the real value that their product or service provides. You know, I understand you guys have a a solution, a lesson, if you will, that you want to share with our audience today on how they can charge right through this challenge to make sure they do in fact provide that value to their customers. Nazar, what do you have for us today? What could organizations be utilizing out there?
1: So Ryan, I'm going to talk about the seven steps that we usually recommend people to use to make the, the customer-centricity to live through OKRs, right? So your first start by identifying the specific customer needs and pain, pain points that your organization looking to address, applying some design thinking uh, methodology or customer uh, data uh, data analytics uh, on on those. Then using those insights, you need to set clear and measurable OKRs that align with your organization, overall strategy and goals. You would develop customer-based key results that are specific, measurable, achievable, and relevant to customer needs and time-bound, right? Very important part is it needs to be time-bound so you can test and learn at that time to help track progress towards achieving your customer-centric goals. Using a lean startup approach. It's one of the approach that we are test and learn uh, approach you would quickly develop and test solution to address your customer needs through build, measure, and learn steps. Build the product, measure the impact, learn to ideate on product. There are the three steps they usually take within the lean startup. This can involve creating minimum viable product, which is MVP in in short we call it, that offers the core features and functionality need to solve the customer problem and then iterating based on feedback from real users. The fifth one is more of ensure to engage with customer throughout the, inc- the incremental development process to gather feedback and insights and use this information to refine and improve your MVP. Next, you would prioritize customer feedback and input when setting and revising your OKRs. This can help ensure that your objectives and key results are aligned with the needs and preferences of your target audience. Last but not least is you should use data analytics to measure and track the success of your MVP and progress of your OKRs. This can help you identify areas for improvement and make adjustment as needed. uh, further to those seven steps. Always encourage collaboration and cross-functional teamwork to ensure that everyone in the organization is working towards the same objective and key results. It is very important to communicate your OKRs and progress regularly to keep everyone in the organization informed and aligned. And don't forget to hold regular check-ins to review progress, celebrate success, and address any challenges or obstacles. Encourage a culture of continuous learning and improvement and use customer feedback and data to inform decisions and drive innovation. Be flexible and willing to adopt your OKRs and product delivery as needed based on your customer feedback and changing market conditions. Use OKRs to help drive innovation and create customer-centric culture within the organization and set ambitious, but achievable objective, and strive for progress and improvement rather than perfection. Last but not least, you should continuously measure and track the success of your KRs and MVP and use the information to drive ongoing improvements and drive towards your customer sending goals.
0: Anazar, that's great. I appreciate you sharing those seven steps. It's always so helpful, you know, to... to really get into a breakdown on such a big challenge that, you know, I mean, Hey, it takes us a whole episode here today to talk about this big challenge. Boy, is it nice when you could break it down into some manageable steps and action items that somebody can be utilizing to really address such a big challenge that can really cripple an organization like we talked about earlier. But Denise, you know, Nazar just painted out these seven steps for us and how organizations can be going about, you know, thinking how they really work into their own organizations. But Ultimately, how could somebody really take this information and then implement it into their own organization to truly start making a difference and delivering that value to their customers?
2: Yeah, it's a a great question, Ryan. And I think organizations and leaders have an opportunity to make a choice, right? Do they continue delivering features that aren't the value customers crave, or do they shift the focus of their organization to outcomes that are centered on customers, um, as you can tell from Nazar's overview, this isn't as easy as just reading a book and starting something. It's a whole new way of working. And so if they want their organization to obsess on outcomes, they can reach out to us and grab some time on our calendars. And uh, Nazar and I can help them by discussing their specific situation, right? Everybody's different and unique, and they've got a unique twist to the challenge that they're facing. So what we would ask is that you just click on the link and uh, grab some time on our calendar and let's talk.
0: Appreciate that, Denise. And and before we wrap up our conversation today, it's always so important and I think beneficial for our audience out there to to hear a story or an example of you know an organization or someone else that's gone through this challenge that we're talking today and how they utilized OKR cohort or rather OKRs maybe just on their own to be able to charge through this challenge. Do any stories or examples pop into mind?
2: Yeah, uh, Ryan, I've got one from a large organization that I worked with, and we used this exact process to identify and vet a new product offering. So um, we were we were working through some changes in the organization And we put together a cross-functional team of eight people. What does that mean? That means we took some people from sales, we took some people from product um, and from our our technology organization, and we brought eight people together. So a small team that could do something quickly. Um, And we set the OKRs first with this particular project so that we could define the success criteria that we were looking for in a minimum viable product. And we delivered that in 12 weeks. And and you have to understand that for a minute. This was an organization that would usually shift a whole part of the organization, hundreds of people to do something like this. And that would take years, right? Instead, we put together eight people, got a design workshop, a design thinking workshop going where we vetted what the customer wanted. Um, uh, We brainstormed ideas and we identified the most viable idea. And in 12 weeks, we worked in one-week sprints, which means in a one-week time frame, we would define what we were going to accomplish, we would do the work, we would do a stand-up every day, make sure everybody was on track, remove blockers as they came up, and then at the end of the week, we would bring customers and salespeople in, and we would share the progress and immediately get their feedback. And this was really critical to get that feedback on a weekly basis so that we could make little shifts as we went along. And at the end of that 12-week period, we had a demonstrable product with a business model that we were able to share with the customers, they were able to play with, and we were able to get feedback from customers. And look, in this situation, right, what we determined was the business model wasn't going to work. And so in as little as 12 weeks, we were able to say no to a new idea and move on, right? This was critical. In many organizations, we see that their biggest problem is they never say no, right? They try so many things, they get distracted. That's where we get that feature bleed that is um, is causing our products to not be what customers want. And so we were able to see that we would... Uh, not be successful with that product and make a decision and then pivot to the next idea. So it didn't pan out, but we didn't waste years in that situation. We were done in three months and we were able to move on, which was, was really critical for that organization, not just to get that decision, but to show that we were willing to work in a new way and try new things. And so that really helped that organization. And Azar, I think you've got a customer satisfaction example that you were going to share.
1: Yeah, definitely, Denise. Um, the organization I, uh, I was supporting, it was one of the big financial organizations. Their struggle was they were not being able to, like being number one in the customer satisfaction that they want to be strived towards. And their customer satisfaction uh, rating was pretty low. Uh, what we usually applied is the three uh, arm model, I call it, like a, like using understanding the customer problem through design thinking, like similar what Denise, you have done. Then applying lean startup to test and experiment on something that you develop based on the customer needs or customer problem that you identify. And then and it has a end to end agile framework of, uh, for iterative or in- incremental delivery of work. That will allows you to get the customer feedback more sooner, and then also applying the similar cycle of customer needs that we require to to deliver. Um, in the end of the, when we start using this approach, our customer satisfaction was at the subpar or the or the very low. Uh, but when we start engaging customer, listening to them bringing them in a simple like in a in an uh, uh, like in, in in incremental like in a in a periodic time uh, the customer satisfaction up and they are the in the JD power they are the number one customer service providers at that point point.
0: Wow. I mean, two really strong examples there uh, from an efficiency standpoint. And then, of course, you know, the customer experience side on the back end. Guys, thank you for sharing those. They're always I love always hearing, uh, you know, the great stories of of how some of these organizations are implementing solutions that we're we're bringing in here to the show uh, to see a real change and to address this challenge at hand. And, uh, you know, before we say goodbye, uh, one final time again, Denise, for anybody out there that is interested in leaning on, you know, your team's help, OKR okay, cohorts help to address, you know, whether it's this challenge of, you know, prioritizing, you know, quantity of delivery or time of delivery over the value it truly provides or any other organizational challenge at a whole, uh, what is the best way they could get in touch with you and your team?
2: Yeah, Ryan, we, we've talked about a lot of issues over these podcasts, and this one is near and dear to our heart because it does speak to the value customers crave. And so if someone's looking to make a change in their organization and get focused on the customer and the outcomes that you deliver, the the best way to engage with us is just to uh, click the link below and uh, grab time on our calendars. Uh, That is essentially what our, our best approach so that we can have a conversation and learn about your specific problem and help you understand how OKRs can solve that issue.
0: Fantastic. Well, Nazar and Denise, I know you've got a lot of clients to serve. We will let you get back to doing that, but I appreciate you carving some time out of your day to jump on to talk about such a big issue that of course is facing so many organizations in different ways, shapes, and forms out there. And uh, uh, looking forward to being back with you on the next one.
1: Thank you, Ryan, for having us.
0: Great
2: chatting with you today, Ryan. Thanks so much.
0: Of course. And hey, look, we want to take one final moment as always and thank you guys, our audience for jumping on board and being with us here on the show today. If you did take anything away from today's conversation, you benefited from it. Go ahead and hit that like button or subscribe to the show on whichever platform you checked us out on today. That way you never miss out on a future episode where Denise, Nazar and I, we unpack this unique challenge that faces so many organizations out there and provide solutions that can help you and your organization charge right through them. But for Denise, for Nazar, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long today. But we appreciate you stopping by and spending time with us on the OKR Cohort video
1: and podcast series.